Hello, and welcome to another episode of Artbox. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I sit down with Susan and Sean from Susan Calloway Fine Arts. Susan Calloway Fine Arts specializes in contemporary art by local, regional, and international artists. The gallery also provides extensive art counseling services for businesses and residential clients alike. We discuss how Susan started her gallery and tips for artists relating to galleries. We also go into the misconceptions of galleries. So with that, let's go to the interview. I'd like to say first and foremost, thank you, Susan and Sean, for, for doing this uh, out of your busy day. So I won't be surprised if we have to stop if someone comes in, you know, because I want them to come in to buy some art from you. <laughs> no more than we do. <laughs> so uh, let me jump right into this. Um, so uh, it doesn't matter who answers this, this question as uh, what is Callaway Gallery? Well, I'm probably the one that should answer that yeah, since yeah. I've been here 25 years and Sean's <laughs> been here too. Callaway Gallery. It is uh, the product of 25 years of evolving and, and discovering what I loved and discovering new artists. And it's a very different gallery than it was when I started, which was antique prints when I started. And it's very much my vision. The thing about this, when people ask, well, what do you specialize in? I specialize in what I love. I specialize in what you know brings joy to me, and what is really well produced, you know, it has to be well made, and it has to be pleasing to me. Um, there's art that I think I love, but I couldn't sell it. And then there's art that I don't like that I probably could sell, except for I probably couldn't because I don't like it that much. So, so it's very much my my taste. Yeah, well, I don't blame you for, um, you know, you got to have a passion to do it. I mean, because yeah. it, you're going to play it to win it, so to speak. So you got to do it for the long haul. And if you don't like it, it's hard to kind of sell it. It's really hard. Yeah. How did the, actually the gallery get started? Did you start here in Georgetown? or? I did. I started on this block, just like six doors up. Oh, wow. I was sharing space. It was 1993 with an antique dealer. And it came out of a personal tragedy in my life that I will not go into because then I'll yeah. start crying. No. <laughs> um, it was like I was looking for something to do that would completely fill my brain, basically. And I had $2,000 and somebody that I could buy prints from and somebody who could do framing. And I shared space and traded my time for walls. So how long were you over there before you moved to the spot you're at now? Um, about six years. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah, you've been here for a long time. So how, how long has the gallery been around then? The total of- I'm like, in my 26th year. 26th year. That. Mm -hmm is awesome that is <laughs> that's 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 like ancient in gallery years yeah i know <laughs> even at this point even i'm impressed <laughs> so um what kind of common themes does your gallery do in terms of shows or aesthetic wise i think it's hard to say common theme because we'll do great big abstracts and we'll do tiny little sort of what I call connoisseur pieces. We do representational, you know, once again, we get back to, is it really fine? Yeah. And do I really like it? Yeah. So um, what I don't do, I think that it's easier to say what I don't do, which is kind of street art and really, you know, harsh colors and things, you know, basically I would not be able to sell. Well, those are kind of uh, hard to sell, yeah. Uh, it's, it's I'm not it's a, a museum. I'm a commercial yeah. gallery. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what I was going to ask about some of the common misunderstandings that people have about galleries. Is that, is that you know they just think that a gallery is a museum, 
and they're they're not they're so way different than that yeah no it's money's not a dirty word here i think <laughs> i think in museums it kind of is we try to yeah. put value on something so any other kind of misunderstandings of the galleries that you guys have, have experienced like someone coming in thinking they have to pay or anything like that you've got yeah. <laughs> usually students that are being sent to study art for some class or something they'll call up and ask if there's a dress code <laughs> if there's an admission price um yeah and do you see it it can be confusing because if you just you know if you google gallery you get the national gallery and you yeah. get susan calloway yeah <laughs> and uh it, it's and i don't know what this is a holdover from maybe some more niche institutions but uh, a lot of people asking if it's okay to take pictures right. uh, and you know, I was just at the Tinneretto show at the National Gallery, and you could photograph just about everything. Oh, yeah, you um, can. Yeah. And, and I think that sort of open source atmosphere has really permeated the academic institutions. But especially here, if you may want to buy something and you need to remember what it is, by all means, take a picture. Right. Just don't take the picture and then say it was yours because... Exactly. Don't go, don't go <laughs> reprint it or repaint it. There is a, a sense that we're a little more austere and imposing than we actually are. To, to some well, people. Galleries in general yeah. have yeah. that. We try so hard to not feel that way. I mean, it's hard not to be a little a little bit imposing with all this beautiful art. But I mean, that is why this floor has furniture and it's sort of salon style hung. It's to make it a little easier for people to walk in than they might in a white box. Yeah, you'd be most of the punch because it's like you have your, your desk or AKA your office in the front room. Um, you do have a gallery upstairs that is your current show. Uh, a viewer or a potential buyer can go and look at the stuff and, you know, they're not going to feel like you're staring at them. But yet, at the same time, you're being welcoming down here instead of, you know, and hustling them off into a back room somewhere, which is a lot of people get that kind of bad vibes. Like, oh, I don't want to be hustled, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't get that when I walked in here for the first time that I, I the first time I came in here. No, I try very hard to make it as friendly an experience as possible because people are intimidated. Yeah. Um, it just seems to be the nature of the business that people know so much about, so much in Washington, but they don't necessarily know a lot about art. And they are very uncomfortable with that. So we just try to make it as friendly as we possibly can. No little gallerinas behind a white wall. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting. I come from a, a different art background than the gallery world, uh, very nonprofit, more museum style shows. So I sort of have a, a foot in each in each uh, world there. So when you asked what is what are the misconceptions that people have about galleries and museums, um, I've experienced both sides of that coin. And it's uh, it's there's there's difference in what you can do. And I think we mentioned earlier that we had shown a neon artist. Right. So there are shows where we can take risks. We do, and not that Craig is a risk, his work is fantastic. And I try to promote him every chance we get. Yeah. Um, but shows that are sort of outside our usual repertoire, um, something that is a little more edgy, a little more avant-garde, new media, um, where we can try and promote something new and bring something new to the block and something new to the gallery's identity, where in a, a nonprofit or a museum setting, you go for a grant or you have the funding already in your pocket to do something like that, we have to sort of plan it out a little more and, and see, you know, what, what can we do that bring something new to this part of Georgetown without really taking too much risk on ourselves, yeah. um, which is a, a balancing act. 
that is that is seriously a balancing act. Yeah, it is. I don't, I mean, I don't envy either one of you for that. That is something I feel like we should do once a year. Just something that is really not my normal. Um, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, get out of my comfort zone. And Sean has come up with the concept for next year, the climate change show. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's gonna there's a, a UN conference on climate change in 2020 in November. Uh, and I'm still looking for another artist, uh, probably someone that we've crossed paths with before. But um, we're going to be showing Elise Wagner, uh, Stephen Walker, and um, Carl right. Bretzky. And they all do work that is somehow related to climate and weather. Elise does encaustics that are um, reflective of the glacial meltwater that forms on top of ice. Turquoise uh, one there. Carl I'm Bretz looking at the painting right now. Okay, uh, Carl Bretzky does beautiful snow scenes, and uh, I don't know what we'll get because he's a plein air painter, and he <laughs> does a few studio works when he gets too cold. But he tends to like to paint outside. Uh, but there have been a lot of weird snow events in the Midwest, uh, and um, Stephen Walker did a little show uh, down south with studies and some larger paintings of supercell thunderstorms and tornadoes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, um, totally cool. you know, I think there's a show going on right now in the DMV called Art in the Era of Climate Change. So we may have to rethink the title, but uh, <laughs> you got time. Yeah, we've got some time. Uh, but trying to do something that engages with broader issues while still marketing our own artists and, you know, work that we know we can, uh, that our clients will like. Um, and it's not often that you can tie something as major as an issue like climate change, which I think is on everyone's radar going into elections and everything else, to our work. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I make sure to uh, I put my, my name on the mailing list, so I'll make sure to show up for that one. Absolutely so. get an invitation. How would it, because it, to me, there's a misunderstanding that a lot of people just assume a gallery is a museum and a museum is a gallery. And, you know, you talked kind of a little bit about that already, about people calling you. It was a dress code. How much does it cost to get in? And um, have you ever experienced people who have just kind of stumbled in and thought that you were uh, a house or someone's uh, home? I mean, <laughs> no, we haven't had that, but we have had plenty of people come in who think I painted everything in here. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I would say the greater misconception, and I'm coming at this again as... From your perspective. From a perspective of somebody who makes sales. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love my artists. I support my artists. Our underlying thing is to is to support all of us. But misconception is that it must all be terribly expensive. Yeah. That there's That they couldn't afford it. Right. And it's so not true. Um, it no. really, we have... I know this from people who aren't afraid to come in, especially from other parts of the country and they're like oh my god these are so reasonably priced the um i know that we are anything here would have to be double or triple just to pay the rent if we were in new york yeah that's true especially with new york yeah. so and that is the misconception that is the most damaging to us other than that and i think maybe not so much a misconception about the galleries but perhaps a misconception that uh, our patrons have of themselves, especially early, you know, first time art buyers. Yeah. Uh, they're afraid to ask questions. Um, they are afraid to not know about art. 
And, you know, I have an art history background. I've worked in the art field since I got my degree. So I, I know I can be intimidating, but I try to, art is subjective. I ask people what they like, and there's no shame in liking things that other people don't. Um, and it's important to ask questions. And it's really important if you're shopping for art to tell the people working in the gallery what you do and don't like. Uh, because our, you know, we offer our consulting services. Our goal is to help you find something you will love. Um, we're not going to push an artist on you that we know you won't enjoy. Uh, we let people take work out. I have painstakingly photoshopped paintings onto people's walls, uh, you know, just to oh, see if it'll, <laughs> if they think it'll work out for them. Um, and and that's because we're trying to support ourselves and our artists. We want you to like what you get because we want you to come back and we want that good relationship with our collectors and our clients. Um, so it's it's important to sort of establish that dialogue and keep it going with people. Um, and the trick is not to be afraid of not knowing enough about art. Art is subjective uh, and that there's nothing wrong with coming in with no knowledge. Yeah, you don't have to know. You just have to know what you like. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it, and a lot of people don't realize what kind of aesthetics they have. And, and, and that's kind yeah. of your job is playing um, the detective and asking the right kind of questions yeah, and going, exactly. you know, do you like the color blue? Yes, I do. Okay, well, how about something like this. Right. And, and I think, you know, people will come in and say like, oh, I don't like abstracts and then end up saying like, oh, I like that. Um, and it, it's a, it's a journey. It's an exploration of your tastes. And, you know, if, if you're going to be living with this all the time, you, you should really think about what you're doing as you go out there. And, and we also have the advantage of having so many of our artists hanging so that people can comfortably wander around for a while and we just tell them you know tell us what you're responding to and then we can show you more by that artist and that that's one of the the joys of having so many artists up at once it's a, it can be really frustrating but trying to make all the work work together on the first floor um it's a job and yeah and it actually does work in my yeah, humble opinion we work very hard at it but um you know, sometimes we do something like try to have a, a story of like yellow across the entire gallery in some aspect in each work for spring or, or red around Valentine's Day. Um, but but I think it does help people when you can walk into a room and see a beautiful French landscape and then two paintings down, a giant white abstract and not be completely turned off by having them in the same space. And it does open up your mind to different possibilities. Yeah, and maybe they can like mentally Photoshop in their mind that abstract right next to that French landscape. Then, then you have to do it for them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's always a help. And that's the thing too. That it's like a lot of landscapes do work well with abstracts, in my humble opinion. And oh, very much so. Because if you do like abstract, because a lot of people like it for the most simplest reason, they just like the way the colors blend together, or you know. They do think that they got, you know, this this perfect couch that would match it as an example. I mean, I know that's kind of cliche-ish, but... Yeah, it's in your house. You want it to it's your look house. Good. <laughs> you want it to fit. You want it to flow. And and it's like what you, you know, just said a moment ago is that it's something that you're going to look at for a very long time and you want to continually be happier with it. That is the most important thing. And it is kind of uh, demystify the fact that it's, it's art is for everybody, not just for a few. Yeah, no, it really is. And we really do want our customers to be happy and I think they are I mean I think we really work hard at that of getting the right thing and actually you hit upon that a little bit I love mixing things up that's part of everything about my taste is that I love putting 
really old things next to new things and just making it, seeing how it works. It's fun here because we have so much. You just put something down and say, oh my gosh, look how great those are together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. When you put together a show, how long does it take you and your staff to, to put one together? And how long does a show usually last? That's more of a question for Sean because he does the heavy lifting. Okay. The, yeah, it, it depends. I mean, you know, we show an art, we do an artist solo show once every two years uh, from our represented represented artists, and we occasionally bring in someone new from outside our roster. Um, we did a, a neon show with the artist Craig Craft um, over December and January 2018 to 2019, and that was sort of outside our original wheelhouse and took probably a good six months to really iron out the details from when he first approached us. Um, and, you know, it, it depends on each show. Some artists know exactly what they want to do. They have a body of work ready and it can be pulled together in a month. You know, other artists will have something major occur in their life, surgery, changing their styles, switching things up, and it can sort of throw you for a loop. Um, so it is heavily dependent on the artists, but in, in general, we have the shows blocked out for, you know, six months at a time. Um, yeah. And, and generally three to four months in advance, we sort of know who we're going to show, even if we don't exactly know what's coming in. Um, and then, you know, more on the technical on the ground side, we have to have images and, you know, titles and price lists ready a good month before we hang the show just so we can market and get the information out to our clients uh, in advance because it, it's become such a busy world that it's very difficult to get people here for an opening. Oh, so yeah. you've you've got to have everything available in front of people so they can see it and you know react to it uh, well in advance and then through the run of the show. And the show usually runs for about a month or? Yeah, I think four weeks it, on average, occasional extensions, but for the most part to try and be fair to the artists and. Uh, show as many of our artists as possible. We stick to a month. What do you do when you have an artist change style on you? I mean, do you try to work with that or? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it, it's a little touchy subject. I, it would, is. I would think, yeah. <laughs> um, well, the experience thus far is that we work with them and then usually um, the relationship ends on one side or another. I mean, if they change style and I can't sell it, it doesn't do anybody any good. So, yeah, but if it's something kind of a subtle, it's not a big deal. But No, if, not oh, at all. Right. No, for yeah. instance, the Karen Silva show that's coming up, we do her religiously every two years, and she's always evolving. It's always clearly her, but it's always different than the last show. And it's, it's wonderful in that case. Um, she evolves in a very wonderful direction. Yeah, so it would be kind of so. But if she started doing um, a graffiti, that you might have some problems. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, definitely. And and there's some there's the role of the gallery to sort of help foster an artist's career, but you know you have to be a really high level gallery to get away with that and not profit off of an artist's change for a few years at a time. You have to really invest in an artist if they're going to shake things up. If you think there's going to be a long-term success there. Regardless of being a gallery or a museum, there is some you know, burden on the institution, the gallery, uh, to foster the careers of artists as they're going through. But more often than not, you know, if you're gonna do a complete 180 from one show to the next, uh, it, it will be difficult, especially with long-term clients and a long-term audience. Right, wow. 
Yeah, that's so that's the thing. Just don't wake up the next day and start doing something completely opposite of what you're doing. Or at least give the gallery a heads up, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Kind of on that same vein, um, what kind of tips would you uh, offer artists to show in a gallery similar to yours or yours? Um, the first thing I, I tell them is, please don't walk through the front door carrying paintings. <laughs> it really is puts us on the spot. I don't like to be rude to anybody, but I also don't like to be cornered by somebody who's showing me their art. Um, number one to me, because I see how much work it is for my employees if the artists don't do their part on the admin side, have a website, have a decent website. Have I mean, a decent website. Um, yeah. So that you can contact us and say, if you're interested, here's a link to my website, please take a look. And it should be easy enough to navigate that we can see what we're looking at. Occasionally we'll get websites and it's like, is this 10 different artists? But no, it's just one. Oh. Um, the other thing is do your due diligence, check out my website, see if you would you know would you fit here i mean we occasionally have people send us really bizarre art and it's like did you look at the rest of my artists you know it might be really popular somewhere and somebody could sell it but i couldn't um if you we've had people say it, they do work just like such and such artists and it's like well i already have that artist right i don't need another one just like that so right. i'm always looking I mean, we have so many artists, it's very difficult to add anybody new without letting somebody go because otherwise we just can't do what we need to do for the artist. If it's something that I really like and I have nothing like it, I will absolutely take a serious look at it. We look at everybody. We give every artist, if they contact us in the right way, yeah, we will look at the images and try to get back to them. And we do get a lot of, uh, a lot of queries. And just, you know, advice to give artists looking for representation, uh, apply for group shows, apply for juried shows, get an exhibition history under your belt because someone great can walk in the door with amazing paintings, uh, but have no public presence and they're not on anyone's radar. And, you know, from our perspective, that's a really uphill task to promote that person and get them out there, get them on social media, get them in front of people. When we're already doing that for, you know, two dozen other people regularly. And it's, and I think that's, that's what any artist should do when they're getting started in a career. Put, try to push on as many doors as possible until one of them swings open and keep going. Yeah, I think Susan sort of echoed anything else I would say that, you know, a great website is really important. Instagram is also pretty key because it's a great way to play off of each other's promotion. Uh, yeah. We can promote what the artist is always doing. And it's an easy way to keep track of what artists are doing without having to constantly badger them via email or phone. Uh, you know, it's right. It's today's technology. Use it. Yeah. And, you know, we make sales off of Instagram once in a while. And, you know, if our artist makes a direct sale once in a while, good for them. We want them to have a good career. But, you know, the best way we work together is when we are all on the same page. Yeah, that that I can see. Yeah, because it's because the galleries are to help you not to just uh, um, take advantage of you. Exactly. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I know there's there's always that kind of perception that galleries do that. And it's like, that's not necessarily true. I mean, you got to help meet them halfway. You know, you got to, like you just said, like have a website, you know, some kind of web presence. And uh, I'd speak from my own person, 
you know, experience. You're right. It's like you got to go to do the group shows. You got to go and do, you know, if you got a solo show, that's great. You know, um, I do have Instagram as, as well. And also, it, it's great to help the, uh, the gallery, you know, um, like you just said, kind of cross pollinate in terms of what's going on now. Because if because you have a, a show coming up soon, right next uh, month in May. Yes. And so, you know, uh, I, I don't know who you're showing, but um, that's Karen. Silva. Oh, that is Karen. So Karen yeah. is showing. Okay. And that, that opens um, May 4th and we'll have a reception from five to seven. OK. But, you know, she's great. She she posts new paintings and you can really look at her Instagram feed and see where her style has evolved, where it's come from, what her influences are. And in today's sort of experience based marketplace, people want to know who they're buying. You oh, know, yeah. they want to know what their artist is doing over the summer. You know, what are they doing in France? What is their life like? And I think it's sort of that mini celebrity status that everyone is seeking to tap into that you can really achieve on Instagram if you keep up with it. But, you know, people don't want an, an anonymous artist. They, they want to be invested in the person they're collecting in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not only um, just like physical, but also kind of an emotional attachment. Absolutely. As well. yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to know uh, when is the gallery open? Uh, are you open 24 hours a day or? Oh, sure. <laughs> well, online, but... <laughs> Pretty soon you will be able, we're getting, uh, Sean is putting together a new website that we, you will be able to purchase off of, which is kind of exciting. Yes. we're. But in the real physical world, um, Tuesday through Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. But I also make appointments. I live right up the street, so we make appointments. Oh, so, yeah, if someone needed to come in on a Monday. Yeah, yeah. Sunday or Monday. We're hoping to launch the new website uh, with the opening of Karen's show. Um, so don't don't hold me to that, but there's just a little bit work a little bit of work left. Uh, well, I'm going to hold you to should it Should be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and hold them to it. <laughs> um, so when does Karen's show actually open? Is it? It's the 4th of May, right? We'll have it up, you know, a couple days in advance. We always have them up in advance. And we're perfectly happy to have people see them and buy them in advance. Um, sometimes people think there's a prohibition against that, but I don't know why there would be. No, I've never heard. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I don't know what, why would make people think that way, yeah. Um, but yeah, Karen will be here for the opening on the 4th, and that's from 5 to 7. Uh, and then we'll be doing another reception uh, on May 18th from 4 to 7, and that'll be the Spring Art Walk. Uh, the galleries here on Book Hill are all part of a collaborative group, and we do a couple different events a year. Um, the Art Walks are sort of our hallmark that have been going on for quite some time. So it'll be uh, our gallery, Washington Printmakers, Addison Ripley, Clagsburn Studios and Via Umbria. And Artist Proof. And Artist Proof. Uh, and we'll be open for that window. And I believe each of us will have a new show up. Um, some people will be doing different receptions and different events in association, but it'll be a, a great event to bring some people and art lovers out to Georgetown. Wow, that is awesome. So I just want to say thank you again for- oh, you're welcome. For yeah, thank you very much. This is yeah, fantastic. It's fun. it's fun. Well, thank you. I want to say thank you to Susan and Sean for taking their time for the interview. If you want to learn more information about Callaway Fine Art, you can go to their website at callawayart.com. You can also go to their Instagram page at Callaway Fine Art. And don't forget to go to our website at artboxdmv.com. To hear our past episodes, go to mixcloud.com and search for Artbox in the DMV. Our Instagram is artboxdmv and our Twitter handle is at artdmv. Until next time, thank you for listening.